girl, you've got questions. Questions about your body and how to feel good in it, about your hormones and how to keep them in check. Questions about your sex life and your whole health. Can you imagine having a best girlfriend who was also a triple board certified OBGYN? A girlfriend doctor you could call and ask or tell her anything. Someone who could show you how to live any stage of life before, during, or after menopause in a big, bold, and beautiful way. Well, friends, I'm your girlfriend doctor. I believe you were meant to flourish and shine, to embrace life and awaken to all its possibilities. Let's get there together. Welcome to our show. Often, we don't know what's happening to our body. We feel there's a transition point, especially during menopause. Women, we cycle. We have a transition every month with our menstrual cycle. Our body's constantly changing and growing and repairing and fixing itself. And in menopause, there's a whole nother transition and transformation that's in place. And I always say, menopause, are you in menopause? You need menopause. So be sure to check out my book, Menopause. And also just the getting to the underlying reason, the underlying cause of what's happening with our body, understanding our symptoms, and being empowered through them. Different times of our life, we need a different approach. One of the areas that I learned outside of medical school and my education was functional testing, functional diagnostic testing, including urinary testing for organic acids, including salivary testing, including stool testing in a way different than we learned of in med school for checking for parasites. So it goes beyond that. There's so much that our body fluids tell us, even our vaginal fluid tells us something about our overall health. And I always joke, I say, you know, as a gynecologist, from my perspective, I can tell the entire health of an individual from their vagina. And it is one of the reasons I am such a proponent of, you know, healthy vaginal tissue, because it does determine our quality of life for the rest of our life. It really does. And we want to improve that and keep that healthy. And the good thing is we can, because it's an amazing organ of our body. It surely is. Well, today on the Girlfriend Doctor Show, we're going to talk about testing. We're going to get to the underlying reason that thyroid dysfunction happens. And we're going to talk to a leader in this space for over 30 years. I'm going to introduce you to Reed Davis. He's a board certified holistic health practitioner and certified nutritional therapist. He's the founder of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition, which is the FDN program and FDN certification course. He's had over 3,000 graduates all around the world, and he has served as the health director at a wellness center in Southern California for over 10 years, having taken care of over 10,000 clients. He coaches, he's just passionate about other people being empowered with this information to get off the hamster wheel, so to speak. And in our conversation today, we're going to talk about his uh, protocols, what he's found, some of the testing, and what you can do to learn more. So join me here and let me introduce you to Reed Davis. Welcome, Reed, to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. It's so good to have you here. Hey, thanks, Dr. Anna. It's my pleasure. 
Well, I am thrilled to finally introduce you to my audience. You are a legend, and a legend in the functional medicine space and functional nutrition and diagnostics. I mean, gosh, a trailblazer. Will you tell my audience a little bit about what brought you to this area of passion? Helping people. You know, I, I was helping the planet back in the 90s. I was an environmental law guy and saving the birds, bees, air, water, trees. And in the late 90s, I started thinking, well, what about people? What about me? And so I turned my attention to just people. I went to work in a clinic in Southern California where people were coming in looking for alternative medicine stuff. They were getting a runaround from their normal doctors and things like that. So I went to work hard and I studied and studied and studied. I worked in an office, in that office for 10 years, running thousands of labs on thousands of people, you know, really trying to figure out what's really wrong with people, not just diagnosing and, and saying, here's your chill pills and things like that. You know, again, it's not that I have anything against doctors, but that's the story I kept hearing over and over from people coming in. So it was a long time ago. Wow. Well, you know, being a doctor, I appreciate that you're not villainizing us. And I know you don't, but there's like so much we didn't learn. I had one nutrition class in my medical school. I went to an osteopathic medical school. So I consider myself lucky in that instance and really understanding how everything is tied in. You know, one of the things that, of course, my area of passion is working with women through menopause and the opportunities that we have as we go through menopause to let go things that no longer serve us, and that includes in our nutrition, and embrace the things that are empowering for the rest of our lives. The biggest area that comes into question all the time is the thyroid, the thyroid disease. And the thyroid tells us so much more then, you know, is it making us fat or is there, you know, is our, our metabolism? And I wanted to delve into your expertise on this and then diagnosis, diagnosis, like what people can do to really get to the bottom of thyroid issue. Great question. And I love the subject matter. I love menopausal women, you might say, you know, because that was my entire base. That's who came in the office. Women just seem to care more about their health than men, you know, so so they're the ones coming in the office. As we were having a lot of great success using these, back then we just called it alternative, they brought me their kids and their husbands and things, but thyroid was just one of the issues. Remember, I'm not a physician. I felt actually remiss at the time, a little bit behind the, the eight ball, but what I soon realized is that not having the constraints of, you know, a standard of care or, or a medical border has set me free to just run labs, figure out what's wrong. And obviously the hormones are just huge. And the demographic being the postmenopausal or, or soon to be menopausal women, they're worried about the thyroid and the sex hormones and their bones, by the way, you know, osteoporosis, all these things. And because I don't want to do a medical diagnosis, they already had two or three of those. And what I learned to identify were healing opportunities. So that's the distinction, like diagnosis, which is a label and then a standard of care treatment. Healing opportunities means what are they? There's usually a lot of them. So women that have been diagnosed with thyroid usually have another underlying whole constellation of healing opportunities. It could be their diet, could be carb metabolism, could be 
their gut and immunity. It could be a lot of things. And usually it is. So I don't do any diagnosis, medical diagnosis, lay down that label. Because as soon as you lay down that label, you're leaving all the other things the person can and should work on off the table. So I still ran a lot of thyroid tests, but found that it wasn't their only problem. Now, one of the things behind thyroid is to understand that it's actually an adaptive measure. If you're under a lot of stress, what would the body want to do? It kind of want to hibernate. It would want to conserve resources. So if you're under all these different stressors that the modern world provides, then your body's going to want to shut down. It's going to want to slow it. It's so a hypothyroid condition, a mild one, would be normal. That'd be the appropriate response for the body. So to call it a disease and label it and say, here's your thyroid hormone, just doesn't work for us. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. Right. And it's a symptom of an underlying problem. It's, you know, and I think that's where like looking at what's going on with the thyroid, right? And yeah. what other effects is it having on the body? This is an area, again, I didn't learn this in med school or residency, but as I started working with patients, figuring out, for example, if they had high cholesterol. Well, is there high cholesterol because they're, you know, exposed to heavy metals and it's a protective response of the body? Is it high cholesterol because they have hypothyroidism? And if we tighter up, if we improve thyroid function, we're going to have a better cholesterol. And the thing is, like, this is so important that when we're diagnosed with maybe hypo, we're going to talk specifically about underactive thyroid gland, because that's the majority of thyroid cases, underactive thyroid or autoimmune thyroid, is that there's, you know, an underlying issue that has caused the thyroid not to function properly and through diagnostic testing, you can figure this out. So let's talk about some of those areas that could be mm -hmm. to blame. Yes. Well, you know, you mentioned something important. The thyroid is just getting signals. Like all your organs, they get signals through the blood and through hormones that travel through the blood. And they can be stimulated or suppressed by those hormones in the bloodstream. Most of them coming from the hypothalamus and the pituitary in the brain. So we're all aware of the hypothalamus pituitary thyroid axis. The thyroid just ends up doing what it's told to do, if it can. And if you've got all the right nutrients in place, and there's a lot of other factors. I, I mean, I really could go in deep into the weeds on this, but I want to try to keep it simple. So the thyroid's getting signals from the hypothalamus pituitary and other and so are your adrenals, so are your ovaries, so are other organs that make hormones in your body. And so we got to look at those signals. It's the environment, it's your lifestyle, it's your genetics. There's lots of things going on. So while it sounds complicated, I have one term for it, <laughs> and it, metabolic chaos. Because of the modern world and, you know, we're sort of only human, you can have a lot of dysfunction in the body. There's six main categories, and I made it easy to remember because it spells hidden. So my acronym for what's really going on, that's your question. What's really going on behind hypothyroidism or adrenal fatigue or sex hormone imbalances? Whatever it was. There's the hormones, which we measure. We measure hormones. We measure the immune system. We measure digestion, assimilation, breakdown, absorption of nutrients. Hormone immune digestion detoxification, 
So liver function and kidney function and all the detoxifying organs, including your skin and so on. So that's H-I-D-D-E is energy production on a cellular level. Cells don't have to be taught what their job is. They know what their job is. They just need the right fuel to produce energy so they can do that job. That's H-I-D-D-E-N, hidden. The N stands for nervous system balance, balance between the sympathetic and the parasympathetic systems. Now, that sort of magic formula, H-I-D-D-N, it's a step-by-step process of investigation. Regardless of what the issue is or medical diagnosis is, I'm not so concerned with that if it's hypothyroidism or hypogonadism or you name something autoimmune or you, you name something. So what I do is go, well, that's fine. But what's really going on? What's the entire constellation of healing opportunities? And I found that there's a very reliable pattern, H-I-D-D-E-N. So we run all of those labs. We don't specialize in one area like gonads or thyroid or autoimmune or leaky gut, you know, any of these things. We just look at everything and then give the person a set of principles to follow. What are the epigenetic factors? What are the lifestyle factors? What are the environmental factors? And there's very, very proven influences. And I have another acronym for you, Hannah. It's D-R-E-S-S. Diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. So that's the lifestyle. That's our epigenetic lifestyle, holistic. It's very holistic. Again, it's a pattern. So in those 10 years in the office, when I reviewed thousands of labs for thousands of people and made observations, I had good mentorship, but I made a lot of my own observations, recognizing that H-I-D-D-E-N, those are the most common things to look for. And then what do we tell people to do? Well, I was a nutritionist and personal trainer and myofascial therapist. I worked with chiropractic and a DO. And so we had a lot of things we could tell people to do. But I found that empowering the person, you know, go home and do this. That was the most, most important part because people, like especially women, menopausal and so on, they'll take action. They just want to know what to do. And make it simple. So dress is diet, rest, exercise, supplementation, and... Stress reduction. Stress reduction. Okay. Very, very important. I like how you do mnemonics or, you know, like this is really great because that's how I got through medical school. (laughs) So making up ways to remember everything. And with hidden, let's talk about testing for hormones and well, and then testing for the immune function because beyond our standard blood test, I mean, one of the things that I did certainly as patients came into my office I would do a questionnaire, right? We want the historical perspective. What's going on? Again, it was 17-page history and physical examination and included in those questionnaires. But then is running a panel of blood work because I can get those results very quickly, looking for very specific hormone markers, et cetera. And then eventually I always tell my patients, we will test every body fluid you have for one thing or another. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So urine tests, salivary tests, stool tests, I mean, the list goes on. So with your hormone testing, what's your favorite way to test? Well, for stress-related conditions, I like the saliva testing still. This is something that back in 2000 when I started, it wasn't as widely accepted. But now there's over 300 white papers written on saliva testing. It is standard of care in our world. And the good thing about saliva, it's bioavailable levels. It's not 
all the hormone. It's what's actually being used by the cells, and that makes it incredibly relevant. There's also dried urine, and there's always blood. But for some things that we're looking at, venipuncture, you know, in other words, getting your blood drawn four times a day wouldn't be appropriate or even considered. So the bioavailable real-time levels we get from saliva, and it's inexpensive and convenient. People can take the test at home. So we like that. So I definitely agree with salivary for stress, looking at baseline DHEA and cortisol throughout the day, because a blood test will never be very accurate for cortisol. The And for baseline hormones, again, showing us that once a person is on bioidentical hormones or supplementation of hormones, and certainly if on a birth control pill, salivary testing for those hormones becomes, you know, not ideal, not ideally accurate in my experience, but yet for adrenals, for adrenal function, it's still the gold standard. Yeah, I agree with that. It depends on the purpose of the test. So, you know, as we call ourselves FDN practitioners, that stands for functional diagnostic nutrition. So after 10 years in the office, I started teaching. I knew that we were doing amazing work and the way to reach the most people would be to deputize others to do the same thing. So I started teaching in 2008 and it's been a remarkable ride. And I still, I teach both the dried urine and blood and saliva, but you ask, you know, what's your basic favorite? I still like the convenience, the inexpense, doing it at home and getting the stress hormones, cortisol, DHEA, and you can get the sex hormones and you can get melatonin and you can get secretory IgA. So we've created a custom saliva panel. It's being run by a lab in Toronto, Canada, but they ship all over the world for us, including New York State and Rhode Island, you know, these places where it's a little troublesome. So because it's a Canadian lab, we're doing amazing things all over the world. Dr. Gonshore there, he's a scientific wonder. He's our chief science officer, actually. And so we're getting the sex hormones because we just want to know where they are right now in real time. And then we want to observe any changes from lifestyle. We're not exactly doing the bioidentical hormone replacement therapy. You can do it using saliva, but physicians prefer to use blood because that's how they were trained. But you could use saliva. What we definitely see are the self-improvements. So by changing people's, by giving them the dress, the diet, the rest, the exercise, stress reduction is so huge. As soon as your cortisol and DHA get balanced, your sex hormones seem to smooth out a little bit. And there's little supplements you can do to to stimulate here and there. You almost get bioidentical hormone replacement using saliva in our methodology. Yeah. If someone's really suffering, I understand, hey, just write the prescription you know, for now. And that's why doctors are so cool because they could do that. And from our sort of lay practitioner perspective, what can the body do on its own is also very important. And saliva tells us everything we need to know. So, and especially when there's a stress component, the thyroid function depletes, adding to, you know, high cortisol, low thyroid function. So what are some of the strategies that you implement to improve thyroid function that you recommend? Typically, when someone has thyroid dysfunction on the hypothyroid side, 
It can be just an adaptive response to the levels of stress you're at being bombarded with, whether it be mental, emotional stress, your finances, relationships, the world today, or it could be the trauma you've had, physical injuries and things that affect the nervous system, and that can affect any organ in the body. And then, of course, there's chemical stressors in the environment, including all, well, there's, what, 80,000 chemicals. (laughs) We're all getting two or three 55 gallon barrels into our bodies every year, something like that. So it's crazy the amount of different types of stress. We sort that out. That's the direction we would go in, including getting the person on a really good diet. We use metabolic typings. So you're fueling your cells and they're getting very efficient at producing energy and detoxifying themselves and, and all these things. The rest, of course, is not just sleep. We teach meditation and how to rest during the day you know, napping and things like that. But uh, and obviously sleep, the, the various levels of sleep, REM sleep, non-REM sleep. So the diet, metabolic typing, really good sleep. You clean yourself up well. Exercise goes without saying you can't be healthy if you don't do it. Sitting is the new smoking and all of that. Right. But the stress reduction, going back to that for a minute, you know, is really critical to see if the thyroid, maybe it was just responding to the levels of stress you're under, in which case its function would normally come back. You know, someone shows up with thyroid symptoms, they would be tired and fatigued. They got some extra weight they can't get rid of. The hair might be thinning a little bit, cold or even numb extremities. Constipation is huge in thyroid. These things. So that's a traditionally reliable cluster of symptoms. And yet there's lots of other things that could cause those. But if you hear that cluster of symptoms, you probably think thyroid. You run a thyroid test and pat yourself on the back, found your problem, it's low thyroid. Here's your medication or here's some supplementation and things. And yet if you don't fix all the other upstream elements, the lifestyle and and all that that caused the problem, then it'll manifest somewhere else or it'll come back regardless of your supplementation and even medication. You're sort of increasing they're titrating those things. So, so we really do get to this whole constellation of underlying factors. And remember this too, you'll love this. These hormone, immune, digestion, detoxification, all the environmental thing, all the causal factors are having an effect upon each other. So there's this whole milieu of, I call it metabolic chaos. And we have our way of sorting that out. We run five labs in every person. We, we just talked about one, the saliva testing for hormones and the immune system. Again, SIG-A, melatonin. Then we go into our other labs, like you said, collecting bodily fluids. So to answer the question about thyroid, it's, we never think it's the thyroid, you know, unless you got nodules or, you know, cancer or something that, you know, and there's ways to test for that too, the TPO and thyroglobulins and a really complete thyroid exam. Most physicians aren't doing it. They're doing a TH, you know what I'm talking F-H, about. Yeah, just checking F-H, it. F-H, yeah. And not even palpating the thyroid. I mean, that's that's an important piece too. And, and everyone at home. Yeah, I always just nail. reach for it. You know, just, yeah, just feel your thyroid, get to know it. Does it feel lumpy? If it should not, definitely you want to evaluate that because you can have lumps before it even before we see abnormalities on a thyroid exam, especially if you're just doing a screening exam. So I think that's that's an important, you know, and that's an important thing. If there's a shift in our metabolism, we want to, we definitely associate the thyroid gland with that. And just like I say about the uterus, you know, an innocent bystander to hormonal imbalances and the thyroid too, an innocent bystander to hormonal imbalances 
toxins. And what are some of the common toxins and food sensitivities that that affects our metabolic state? Sure. Well, I mentioned a moment ago, there are over 80,000 chemicals. Some people say there's 100, but there's about 80,000 chemicals that are being sort of dumped into the environment, whether it be into the food or into the air, into the water, into the soil. It's ubiquitous, these chemicals. Very few have been tested for safety. Some have, maybe a couple thousand of them. The rest of them, we're, we're the, the test. test. So there's a we're problem. The, we're the rats in the maze. Or the, a friend of mine, a physician, describes it as, we're the frogs in the water where it just keeps getting hotter and hotter and hotter. The frog doesn't jump out because he gets used to it. And so we're another physician, a friend of mine, Dr. Wait, wait, let's explain that analogy first. People had never heard of that before. So like, this is a terrible, like you put a frog in the water and then you gradually heat it till they're boiled, right? Yes. Because it's gradual. Like if you put a frog in boiling water, it would jump out. Yes. So I was using that analogy. Sorry, I didn't explain it well. But <laughs> but yeah, we're like the frog in the water that's just getting hotter and hotter and hotter. We're just kind of Russell Jaffe, he calls it a toxic soup. He says we're marinating in a toxic soup. And remember, I started in environmental law. I was a paralegal saving the planet and I was back in the 90s. So I was very well aware of it. And that's what led me to start studying people and the effects on people. But it includes radiation and, you know, electromagnetic frequencies from our equipment and computer screens and blue light and all, all these things. So we're marinating in that soup. So the body can only take so much. We have excellent detoxification systems, but not prepared so much for the modern levels of toxicity. Look, it comes off your clothes. If you have new clothing, kids, especially the fire retardants that they put on kids. If you fly in a plane, you're breathing diesel fuel, you know, jet fuel and fire retardant. You don't know how many airline pilot and stewards and things that we've had come in with this, this extraordinary levels. Hairdressers, that's sort of a low-wage job, but they, they suffer the most from all these hair things. And, you know, that's not one of my main concerns, of course. But, but you know, all this stuff that they're exposed to. So, but men have jobs, too, that are very, very toxic. So, you know, we look at that. We can look at the hair, hair tissue, mineral analysis for, for various things. For instance, I've tested my well water. I live out in the country, and I, live, I have a well. So I tested the water. It has no bacteria, which is what I was looking for. But it turns out it had uranium and zinc in high levels. So I have to make sure I'm always detoxifying and get it water purifier. So, so there's all this stuff we can do to watch out. We can buy products for personal care. We can buy household cleaning products and things that are non-toxic. There's just so many various areas. One of my favorite websites for that, if someone wanted to look into it would be the Environmental Working Group. Yes. I think it's ewg.org. Environmental Working Group will tell you what foods are highest in toxic elements, what foods are lowest in toxic elements. And, and skincare products, ewg.org forward slash skin deep. It's skin toxins, endocrine disruptors. And this is an area that I'm passionate about to read, you know, endocrine disruptors. Oh. You know, we know that in umbilical cord blood, there's approximately 170 chemicals, right? And many of them known as endocrine disruptors or carcinogens. And that's like, 
exposure before, you know, before exposure. And so understanding that plus understanding now issues with attention deficit, endocrine, you know, hormone imbalance, obesity, mitochondrial function impairment, these things that create inflammation and hormone imbalance often attributed to the endocrine disruptors. And so we can think about it and say, oh my God, I can't even breathe without getting toxins but we can minimize our exposure. We can definitely minimize our exposure. And you know, very apparent in environmental toxin is lead exposure. For example, in Detroit, Michigan, where it had high anger, high crime rates, and highest levels of lead. And I write about this in my book, The Hormone Fix, the highest levels of lead in the water were kids where, you know, pediatric populations with lead toxicity causing behavioral problems. And that is just like, that's like a mic drop moment. I mean, to understand physiology affects behavior and these toxins, these endocrine disruptors. And we know from DES exposure, millions of moms were given diethylstilbestrone to have a full-term healthy pregnancy. And it honestly pressured in the 650s, 60s, if you didn't take it, maybe you're not being a good mom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Ridiculous. And that caused little girls having vaginal cancers, little boys with testicular cancers and gender identity confusion through the third generation, according to a French follow-up study looking at third generation. So those children's children, Mm. And that blows my mind. And when we look at what's in our environment and what's happening and high stress, high anxiety, high, you know, attention deficit, high autism, high depression, all of these things can, you know, we have to look and see, well, what are we getting environmentally? And there's a big hush hush. I mean, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, maybe. Mm -hmm. But to understand that this is documented evidence, but yet it's suppressed in the media. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. And you reminded me of that. You don't have to be a conspiracy theorist to understand greed <laughs> and, and the suppression. And well of, said. Well yeah. said. Yeah. So, you know, I was very early on, and this speaks to how rewarding our work is, Dr. Anna. Very early on when I was just learning what I was doing, I, a lady was in the office for some counseling. We were having pretty good luck at the time. I call it luck back then. And she said, do you work with kids? And I never really had a kid as a client before, but you know, I coached football for 15 years, raised four kids. So I said, yeah, I work with kids. She goes, well, my son's about to be kicked out of school. They say he's got ADD or ADHD and he's poking at the other kids and doesn't pay attention. And, and it's the teacher wants him to go to a doctor and get on some medication. Back then it was Ritalin was really prevalent. And I asked her, uh, well, do you think your son has a Ritalin deficiency? <laughs> Joking around. And she said, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I said, well, let's figure out what it is. We ran a couple tests and found out the boy was eating foods that were very irritating, neurostimulators and things like that. Not only, not just the food colorings and things, but ordinary food that he was just sensitive to. And within three weeks, I remember as clear as a bell, the principal of the school tracked me down. This is about a nine-year-old boy. Called the mother up. What's that guy's name and that you took him to and stuff? And he called me up and said, what'd you put him on? <laughs> like, as if there was just some magic pill. Magic that pill. I, no, we investigated. We went upstream to the underlying causes and conditions to the, the stressors that were affecting him. And he just happened to be a little extra sensitive 
than other kids. That's some kids are like that. And uh, thank God we got him. Uh, we saved him. His behavior had completely turned around. He was now paying attention and getting good grades and getting along with other kids and the whole deal. So it's it's that's how rewarding this work is. I mean, if, it, it keeps you going. You have these, and it kept me going with my research. Well, there is a way. You don't have to put everybody on drugs. And so, you know, it's it's just that great. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's really important what you just said. And I have to tell you, this probably I haven't shared this with my audience before, but way back in 2004, I was attending a hormone conference by Dr. Neil Rousier and talking about bioidentical hormone replacement. So way back 2004, and my son was a baby. I was in the back of the room nursing him and a woman came and sat next to me. And uh, I'm like, you know, I'm sorry. She's like, oh my God, I'm a mom. I just, it's amazing that you're even here. And I'm sitting in the back nursing my baby and listening and taking notes and all that stuff. And she told me a little bit about what she did in Atlanta, a functional medicine doctor. And she talked about some of the functional testing she did looking at organic acids. Now, Reed, I was a biologist and chemist before I went into medical school. So she started like speaking my language, like, and mm. mitochondrial function, organic acids. And I said, well, I have a daughter. So this is over 20 years ago. Like, so let's see. Yeah, I'm close to however many years ago that was, 18, 19 years ago. And I said, I have a daughter who has attention deficit and we've done A, B, and C, and D. And she said, do this testing, look at this lab work and let's see what our underlying imbalances are and start working on it. First of all, you know, I'd already been working on being gluten-free and, and trying mm -hmm. to stay away from sugar and that stuff. But I was just touching my toes into this world of functional nutrition as well as diagnostics. And even what was available, I didn't understand that these tests that outside the lab were available for clinical evaluation. So I immediately tested my daughter, Amanda, and she had, you know, the classic insufficiencies, methylation issues, sad some, oh God, I can't remember what it was now, but certainly an imbalance in some organic acids and an omega-3 insufficiency. So supplemented her, but I remember her coming home because this episode's being released somewhere around a little after Valentine's Day, but she came home one Valentine's Day and she was bouncing off the walls. She came home from school. She was six years old or seven at the time, bouncing off the walls. And I just wanted to like put her in timeout and lock her in her room and just like, ah, oh, what is going on here? And then it clicked. Sugar and red dye. Sugar and mm -hmm. red dye. And she'd been off it for a while. Sugar and red dye. And she was bouncing off the walls. She couldn't stay in her own skin. And it just, that neurotoxicity of preservatives and artificial sweeteners and food colorings and sugar and sugar, that combined toxicity, it just, you know, I started digging into the research and it's taken me, it definitely kicked me further in this journey beyond yeah, hormones. Sure. Well, I'm sure we both could share, you know, war stories, so to speak. I got so many early successes that just ring out. Now they're almost commonplace. I've trained a couple thousand practitioners and they're all getting these, you know, mixed results, but still some amazing cases like that. You know, looking backwards is how you know what you're doing works. Looking forwards, it's very hard to predict exactly who you're going to help the most. 
but we just give it our all. We apply these time-honored now principles encompassed in the hidden investigation, H-I-D-D-E. And, and then again, it's not like you can write a prescription or cut a part out. You know, the ultimate allopathy is just remove the part. We don't do any of that. We figure out what the person has to do, take responsibility for. And most of them come into us, Dr. Anna, they're so tired of this cycle of trial and error. Try this, try that, try this, try that. There, there's no real system in place for most of these people who've tried everything. So if someone's caught in that cycle of trial and error, you really need to get them off that hamster wheel, you know, yeah. and figure out the pieces of the puzzle, put it together. It does fall upon them to run the program, but that's why health coaching now has become so such a booming profession uh, because people need help. Yeah. Yeah. And I love seeing doctors bring it into their offices. So Reed, I want you to tell our audience functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com forward slash podcast is where they can get the dress for success, a handout, the ebook there and a guide. And how can people find out? You guys don't go anywhere because we're going to do rapid fire questions. I love doing this now that I started doing it. I'm God, I should have been doing it for a decade. But anyway, I'm going to quiz Reed on these questions. He doesn't know what's Uh coming. I know. And how do people find functional FDN certified coach? And how do they get a hold if they want to train with you? Just go there. Just go to functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com slash podcast. That'll take you to us. You know, I have quite a team and we'll figure it out from there. And yeah, anyone that wants a free copy of our Dress for Health Success manual, they'll get it. Awesome. Okay. You ready for some rapid fire questions? Hey, gee, I don't know. I know. Well, it's easy. It's easy. Okay. What's your favorite food? Peanut butter. Peanut butter. I did not expect that to come out. Okay. Well, as a kid, I always figured even in my 20s and 30s, I don't eat so much today anymore, but that was my, that sustained me through college and everything. I always thought, boy, if there's something bad you can get from meat and peanut butter, I'll get it, whatever it is. <laughs> Some aflatoxin. I like, you know, steak and salad and I like, I like good food, man. I grow my own vegetables now, homegrown veggies. Impressive. Okay. What's your favorite drink or cocktail? I'm a tequila guy. <laughs> Give me a good handmade margarita what's your favorite no tequila huh scene cell i like one called addictivo it's a uh, extra añejo oh i don't know that one i have to try it mine's 1942 don julio okay very good what's your favorite supplement besides mighty maca <laughs> you know i do take a multivitamin essential fatty acids antioxidants and it's hard to pick because i i have my favorites yeah and then I'm an older guy. I take some extra nutrition for that. But everyone needs vitamins, minerals, essential fatty acids, antioxidants, and something for your specialty. If you're a woman, if you're a man, if you're a student studying real hard or something, you know, I like adrenal support, B vitamins. Good. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite exercise to do or movement activity? Pilates. Pilates. I have the same Pilates trainer, and she's just a specialist in what ails me. I, I have a very well-used body from, you know, surfing and football and motorcycle and just working really hard outside and and lifting things that are too heavy, uh, you know. So uh, Pilates, I've had a same trainer coming out twice a week for 10 years. Nice. Nice. Very good. I've done it a couple times and I, maybe I should do it some more. What about your um, favorite 
downtime activity? Downtime? You know, my, my wife and I have been watching TV. There's some series that are just absolutely addictive, but <laughs> I do meditate. I take little timeouts to meditate. I meditate every night, every morning, things like that. But when I'm done at my desk here, Dr. Ann, I start usually about four in the morning. So by noon, I've worked eight hours, you know, and I, I do make afternoon appointments, but otherwise I go outside, I get in my Bobcat and I, I have a lot of property. So I'm, I'm landscaping like crazy, grading and landscaping and moving big giant rocks around and digging trenches. And, you know, I love that to me, that's downtime going outside playing. We get to burn our, our own brush and stuff here. We have, you know, it's just, it's just really fun. To be outside. Wonderful. Okay. Now, what's your favorite sexual position? Last question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, that's too embarrassing. For those who are listening, he is totally blushing. Y yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm blushing with that. Uh, I like buns up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that sounds great. I am making note of this. All right. <laughs> Thank you so much, Reed, for being here with me today on the Girlfriend Doctor Show. It is great to talk with you, great to connect with you. And, you know, I just always, I always learn something from you. Right before the pandemic shut us down, I was lecturing in Oregon, right? Portland, Oregon, for your summit. Any plans on going live again anytime soon? We will. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to wait. We're having a lot of fun. Instead of doing a big three day symposium last year, 2021, we decided to just do something every first Saturday. So we could have you one of our first Saturdays. It's a series we call the health space unmasked. Ooh. And so that's been going really well. Yeah. Well, I would be honored. I would be definitely show up. Love to have you back. And I'm going to pay you back for that question. <laughs> It's okay. I'll bring it up every once in a while, just so you remember. You know, for our audience, I really want to encourage you. The more we know about ourselves, the more we, you know, get to the root cause, understand what's going on. And it's a challenge because it's not part of our standard medical education, nor is it something covered by most insurances. So doing the, you know, getting your Nancy Drew hat on or Hardy Boy hat on, you guys know what I'm talking about, and getting to the bottom of this yourself is important. So check out functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com forward slash podcast. And you'll be able to see his Dress for Success module there and learn about his courses as well as find a, a provider who has been trained in functional diagnostic testing too. So really critically important. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll see you again. We have learned a lot in this interview from the mnemonic hidden, right? The talking about six main categories behind imbalances. So hormones, immune system, digestion, detoxification, energy production, and nervous system. And I think that's just so critical to look at these different areas. And in my practice, it was head to toe approach, like a healthy mind for a healthy body, right? Our thoughts become things and focusing, having a positive mental attitude is really key. And then our mouth, right? nutrition, what we put in our mouth to nourish our body is critical. Also what comes out of our mouth, the words we say can either give life or create harm, right? So for ourselves too, you hear me say this every once in a while, but get that nasty bitch off your shoulder. There's no space for negative self-talk or negative talk, okay? So we want to really be focused and grounded. So 
healthy mind, healthy body, nutrition, and then healthy digestion for a glowing complexion. Healthy digestion for a glowing complexion. If we're not digesting this amazing food we're eating properly, we're not absorbing the nutrients that we need. And that goes down to the gut microbiome. And then detoxification or liver. What comes in must go out. So detoxifying certainly toxins, but just in, in general, metabolizing and cleaning, you know, keeping our blood nice and clean, essentially doing our detoxifying our estrogen, that's critical as well as having healthy bowel movements because how we remove toxins is through the breath, the sweat, the bowel, the urine. So in all of these ways that so we want to eliminate daily, we want to have daily healthy bowel movements. should look like a dark brown banana. That's like, oh, wow, I got a really beautiful healthy bowel movement. How wonderful. And then of course, sexual function, our gonads, how well are gonads functioning and our hormones in general. So from the hypothalamus, the pituitary, the thyroid, the adrenal glands, and to our gonads, ovaries for women and testes for men, and then legs, structure and function. So are we moving? How's our posture? How's, you know, our balance, all of these activities. So head to toe, looking at these areas head to toe is very powerful and as reed said you know dress for success so addressing our diet again how we nourish our body rest sleep the critical importance of sleep exercise supplementation and stress reduction that that's just such a powerful right that's a powerful approach that's 100 percent you 100 percent you no prescription pad right needed no surgical knife needed so i really found that Reed's work and his training has been amazing. And I've met the most amazing providers that have gone through his program. So it's very sound, it's very grounded, and it gives you a great perspective. And so connect with him, connect with his coaches, his practitioners, and maybe take the course yourself. So functionaldiagnosticnutrition.com forward slash podcast, and you will get that download and check out his site and get some more information empowered, right? Feel empowered. It's all about this, right? The four pillars for the girlfriend doctor, nourishing your body, mind, body, and spirit, shining beauty on the inside, beauty on the outside. We want that healthy glow, awaken our potential, educate. There's no limit to education. We have a long life. We're constantly learning and growing or we're not. So constantly addressing that is powerful. And then our embrace sexual health, embracing connections with people, embracing our connection with ourselves and improving our overall energy. So I am here to support you on your journey. And I thank you for listening to the Girlfriend Doctor Show. I encourage you to subscribe, especially at my YouTube channel. Anytime we launch a new show, you will get notified right away. And I appreciate your reviews. Your reviews help elevate the podcast and bring it to the awareness of others and help spread the word. I'm grateful for you. Thank you for being here today. Till next time. <music>